Uh, my name is David Campos. I am the campus pastor for Kyle, and it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I always enjoy speaking. Uh, as we, we came in and we joined in with Austin, and I want to welcome all those that are online, man. Make yourselves at home. You guys are a part of our family, and we love that you are joining us this morning. So um, this morning, uh, we're going we're gonna, to, the, my, the, my message is, is about sex again, so I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're, we're not, we're not going to do that. We're actually starting a new series this morning, um, and it's called A Legacy of Light. Everybody say legacy. legacy. All right. Now, I, I need to do that to make sure that you're with me this morning. So we're talking about a legacy of light. You want to put a title on something, it, it would be Open Your Eyes. We want to open our eyes this morning. And so every year around this time, we, we intentionally focus we intentionally take this moment to say, hey, let, let's, let's bring our vision in. Let's, let's reconnect. Let's, let's reorient ourselves. I love the word recalibration because the calibration isn't something that just cleans the outside. Sometimes we think, okay, let's, let's focus in and, and we just kind of do some, some general things. But calibration, a calibration is you take an instrument, right? So in construction, we have these instruments that, that help us to set points and set the location of a building. It's pretty important. Because if we start off with the wrong location of a building, we start, we start putting in concrete and building the building. An uh, inspector comes in or somebody comes in and says, hey, you, you guys are in the wrong spot. That, that's pretty costly. So, so a calibration is we take this thing, we take this, this, this mechanism, this, this survey equipment, we take it, they take it apart and they go down into the depths of it and they realign everything and make sure everything is where it's supposed to be, that it's, that it's back true, it's back on center. So we're gonna, we recalibrate, we take this time and th- during our legacy series and we recalibrate our hearts, we recalibrate our minds, we recalibrate our lives to what God has called us to do. So my question to you, and it help us, helps us to remember why we're here. It helps us, it reminds us of our purpose. And so my question to you this morning is, what does legacy mean to you? Because since the inception of one chapel, the, the mission was to create a church, not, not for church people. Listen, I lo- we love that you're here, right? But we, we want to fulfill what God has called us to do, what Jesus called us to do in Matthew. When he said, he said, go. To go into the world. And so from the, from the inception, we've always wanted to create a church of a community of people that, that, that everybody was welcome. I love that we say you don't have to believe to belong to the family. You don't necessarily have to believe everything we believe to be a part of the family. You're welcome to come in. You're welcome to come and sit in here. Matter of fact, we, I, we want you to. I want you to come in and sit every, here every Sunday morning as we open the scripture. We examine what God is ta- called ta- to asking of, of us. And then we, we, we apply it to our hearts. We say, okay, Holy Spirit, come. Let that saturate in me. Let that come. Let that do something in my heart. Lord, you do the work in my heart. So we, 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 take the, we set aside some time to, in, in this legacy series to, to give, right? To give an, an offering, a legacy offering. I know some of you are thinking, man, we're not even five minutes in. The pastor's already talking about offering. Uh, a few of you got it. I love that. A few of you are with me. All right. Listen, don't fret. We're, we're, we're not doing anything like that this morning, but what we're doing, we're pointing to a time. We're pointing to a time in December where we take a moment and we give. We give, we give sacrificially. We give more in, in, in that moment to God, sowing a seed into to what he wants to do for the coming year, right? We, and so we're going to, we do that on, in December. Everybody say December 6th with me. That's right. That's when we're going to do it. So, so some of you are like, well, why are we talking about this now? I mean, we're doing this in December. No. So what we're doing is, we're talking about this, seven weeks ahead, 
Because we want to we take away all of the pressure. We take away all the feelings of, of compulsion that, that, that we may have. We're not going to play soft music. Nobody's going to be up here playing the piano nice and soft. We won't have somebody singing up here a Sarah McLaughlin song. Show you some shivering dogs. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's why we're talking about it now. Because I want you to do a few things. This is all we're asking you to do. I want you to think about Think about what you should do. So I want you to think about what you should do. Two, I want you to, I want you to pray about what God wants you to do. And third, I just want you to do what God is asking you to do. Just do that. Just think about what you should do. Pray about what God wants you to do. And then just simply do that. It's that easy. Right, this, church, this is, so this is the one time a year that we take this moment and give this special offering. And, and it's during the holiday season for a, per, for a reason. Holiday season is all about giving. And that's what legacy is all about. That's what our legacy is together here at One Chapel. And so we, it, what it does is it helps us take a giant step forward in our church to, to continue to press in and, and, into the purpose that God has called us to, the purpose that, that God has called us for in this region. Here in Austin, in Kyle, in Liberty Hill, online, wherever you're at, this is, it allows us to do that. And so some of the, the great things that, that you have helped us accomplish, that we have accomplished together through your generosity, is we've, we've given bonuses to teachers and staffs at elementaries. It's a great moment, a great season. I'm sure you can go online and find it somewhere where we just showed up and we gave every teacher and every staff member a card with, with $150 in it. And simply to say, hey, we love you. We see you. We recognize you. God loves you. We just want to help you. We want to be a blessing to you this season. We've given and helped local businesses and employees through through the pandemic. We were able to do that. We were able to help people pay bills and stay on their feet, keep their doors open because of your generosity. Give yourselves a hand for that. Come on. Yeah. You you did that. You did that. And we're, we're continuing to give towards future buildings, Kyle. Hey, hey, yeah, listen, we, we believe that God works in seasons, amen? And we are, we are here joining our family for a season, but we're looking ahead to what God is calling us to, and we've submitted to his time. All right, we've submitted to his time. We're sitting in this beautiful building with, that's been freshly painted and freshly renovated. Those guys have done an amazing job, but we're able to do those things because of you, because of your giving, because of your faithfulness. So we're so thankful for that. Last year, we gave to uh, a, a, an organization called uh, Community First Village, and we're actually building a home for someone coming out of chronic homelessness. Now, that was delayed a little bit because of the pandemic and everything that was going on, but I just wanted to get, tell you that that is scheduled to be done in February of 2022. So we're looking forward to that. Keep on looking at your calendar. There's a moment where we're going to go out there, we're going to worship the Lord, we're going to come together, we're going to celebrate what God is doing and what, what, what you are investing in. And so we're so grateful for that and you also you need to know that every year every year out of that legacy offering that we're going to be picking up in december we give 10 percent of that we put 10 percent of that aside we say god this is this is what we're going to put aside to invest to give back to all kinds of things to global and local missions or to participate in planning churches with the ark program so, so those things are what we're looking forward to. Those things are what we want to step into and press into in a greater and deeper way. 
Now, now this year, that's what we're doing. We're, we're looking at joining in with some organizations that, are, that, have, that have a call on their heart to translate the Bible into languages that haven't been translated yet. So to spread the word of God into communities, into places. We just had a, a missions trip to Brazil, and I'm hearing so many amazing stories of what God is doing and that God was in the details. God is in the details of everything. And so, church, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about legacy. We're talking about pressing in. We're talking about doing something above and beyond ourselves. We're talking about coming together as a community to do what God has called us to do. Isn't that exciting? Man, I, I love that. I love that. And isn't it just like God? Isn't it just like God to, to, to take us and to challenge us in the seasons of, of need and the seasons of want? Man, I, I was just thinking about as we give to the legacy offering, as we, as we get closer to this, Lord, the, the struggle is real. Amen? <laughs> the struggle is real, and it is happening. There's some of you in here thinking, man, a legacy? I need some help myself. I wish somebody would legacy for me. <laughs> But this is what God does. And so God, I was thinking about, about Elijah and how Elijah, he, he came to the, to the widow woman. And, the, and she was, the Bible says that she was preparing her last meal. I'm, we're going to prepare a last meal. Me and my son are going to eat it. And then we're going to die. That's pretty bleak. <laughs> That's pretty bleak. And, and he said, no, cook it. Make, make it for me. And what did God do? We, we, if you don't know the story, get into it. God began to multiply the oil. God began to multiply the flour. And they were, they were sustained. Right? When he, same, 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 uh, same, same person, Elijah, he was, at, he was at the brook. Brook was flowing. It was great. But then the brook dried up. Elijah's like, man, I'm done. I'm toast. God said, no, you're not. I got you. I got you. Isn't it like God to do that? Isn't it like God to take us in those moments where we feel like we're, we're broken and we're lost? God says, hey, man, don't lose focus. Don't lose focus of who I've called you to be. Don't lose focus of what I am in you and what I want to do through you. Don't lose focus. Open your eyes and see that God wants to do something amazing with what you have. That's all it is. I believe that God will never ask us for more than what we have. But I believe God has given us so that we can invest in the kingdom of God. You believe that with me? Will you believe that with me? So, so this is what I want us to see this morning, church. I want us to understand and see that every single one of us, everybody in this room, everybody listening to me online, everyone, you have to see that your lives matter. Your lives matter. Every moment that we are in existence on this earth, it matters. There is a calling on our lives. There is a purpose that God wants us to walk in. I'm getting a little excited this morning because I love preaching about this. I love preaching about the purpose that God has given us because you don't know what it is, but it's amazing. We don't fully understand the purpose that God is calling us to, but I know that it is great because God's involved in it. Because we read about his greatness and his goodness and the amazing thing that he does. That, that's nothing that's not far off. That's, that's not anything that, that we cannot achieve. God wants to do those things through us. It's the reason one chapel exists. It exists to make a difference for eternity. Now, I believe, I believe you want that too. I believe you want your life to matter. And it does. I believe that you want there to be significance in your life. And there can be. See, we all want to leave a positive legacy. When we start talking about legacy, we all want to leave something that's positive on this earth. Did you catch that? We want to leave something positive on this earth. 
excuse me, on our time that we have here. I want you to catch that perspective. I want to make sure that we're all looking, we're all standing from that vantage point while we're on this earth. Because the, 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 the truth of the matter is, we, we leak out, right? What God pours into us, we, we need to leak those things out. And sometimes some of our, our humanistic things, some of the things that we don't want to leak out, leak out. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> but sometimes the, the world kind of starts to come in a little bit. And, and, it, and it creates a filter a little bit. I, I said this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about, when I was preaching last, I said if we don't talk about these things, if we don't, if we don't have these moments where we have these real conversations, then all of a sudden the, the, thing, the things that we watch through social media and through whatever news uh, uh, avenue you want to watch and you choose to watch, those, those things begin to leak in, those things begin to, to come into us, and they begin to form a filter over our legacy, over how we should live our lives to leave a legacy. And the fact is that those things can, can then become a, a driver of, of selfishness. Because I don't know about you, but for me, it's really easy for me to start looking at the needs that I have and the things that I want, the things that are right for me. Because that, that legacy is all about why you do what you do, how, you, how you're living your life, whether at work or whether in relationships, whether and, and through, through your gifting that God has given you, your anointing. Use that very gift that God has given you for your own gain. Use that for yourself. And so this morning, we're going we're gonna to clarify that our legacy is living beyond yourself. Legacy is living beyond yourself. How do we live, in, how do we live beyond ourselves? Well, in, 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 in one way, there's, there's the one guy that says, his name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. Not talking about little Max, Russell Crowe. He said, "What we do in life echoes in eternity." On a lot less dramatic uh, platform, Winston Churchill said, "We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give." The Bible reflects on something that is in us that we are to give out. John eight twelve. And the NIV says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but he but will have the light of life. As followers of Jesus, he has placed the light inside of us. Sometimes I think we have trouble seeing what God is doing. We have trouble understanding that we have that light in us, especially over these last few years of chaos, and over these last few years of pandemic, over these last few years of struggle. Sometimes the, those things, those filters can come in and start to diminish what, how we see and the eyes that we look through and the filters that we're operating through. Psalms 119.18 says, open my eyes so I can see what you show me. Of your miracle wonders. It's easy to just overlook the God, that God sends miracle opportunities around us. He sends them to us. They're around us every day. Now, you may, you may be thinking, well, I mean, a miracle? Like, does the Lord want me to heal the blind person every day? No, that, 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 that's one miracle, but that just doesn't define just the miracle. 
Beyond you having a conversation with somebody, you you giving helping somebody, the, the you giving somebody something to drink, you giving somebody something gives a coat to wear, you helping somebody. Those are miracles that sometimes we we cast to the side. We look at you praying for somebody to help them in their time of trouble. You ushering in the spirit of God to where wherever you work and at your home and at your relationship. Those are, are those are the, the breeding grounds of the miracles that God wants to work out in our lives. Let's choose, church, let's choose together today to ask Jesus, like, like Psalms 119 says, Jesus, open our eyes to see these wonders. Look at this incredible, let's, let's continue to go on this incredible passage that's written by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 58, 1 through 14. Isaiah 58, 1 through 14, if you're following along, you have that there in your message notes. But before we read this, I want you to all, if you can, just look under your, look under your chairs. There, there's a little stick, there's a little, little glow stick there. Yeah, let's come up, come up with the light so everybody can see. A little glow stick there, all right? I know you're going to start breaking them, so go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> all right? All right, let's, let's get into this. Isaiah 58, 1 through 14. The Bible says in the message version, shout, a full-throated shout. Hold nothing back. A trumpet blast shout. Tell my people, tell my people what's wrong with their lives. Face my family Jacob with their sins. They're busy, busy, busy at worship and love studying all about me. To all appearances, they're a nation of right living people, law abiding, God honoring. They ask me, what's the, the right thing to, to do? And love having me on their side. But they also complain. Why, why do we fast and you, you don't look our way? Why do we humble ourselves and you don't even notice? Well, here's why. The bottom line on your fast days is profit. You drive your employees much too hard. You, you fast, but at the same time, you, you bicker and you fight. You fast, but you swing a mean fist. The, the kind of fasting you do don't, won't get your prayers off the ground. Do you think this is the kind of fast day I'm after? A day to show off humility? To put on a pious, long face and parade around solemnly in black? Do you call that fasting? A fast day, listen, a fast day that I, God, would like. This is the kind of day I'm after to break the chains of injustice, to get rid of exploitation in the workplace. Free the oppressed. Cancel debts. What I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry. Inviting the homeless, the poor, into your homes. Putting clothes on their shivered, ill-clad. Being available to your own families. Do this and the light will turn on. And your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help and I'll say, here I am. 
If you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sin. If you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourself to the down and out, your life will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. Man, I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use, listen, you'll use the old rubble of past lives to build a new, rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. Restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate, make the community livable again. If you watch your step on the Sabbath and don't use my holy day for personal advantage, if you treat the Sabbath as a day of joy, God's holy day as a celebration, if you honor it by refusing business as usual, making money, running here and there, then you'll be free to enjoy God. Or I'll make you ride high and soar above it all. I'll make you feast on the inheritance of your ancestor Jacob. Yes, God says so. What Isaiah is talking about here, there's so much in this passage of Scripture. We're going to use this passage of Scripture throughout our legacy series as we walk through Isaiah 58. What Isaiah is talking about here is ritual versus righteousness. It's an empty religion that we can get caught in, falling into a cycle of ritual that that leads to a life bound by sin and selfishness. God's people, they were suffering from hypocrisy and empty religious rituals. Theirs was a worship of God that wasn't backed up by love for people. They They were mistreating each other instead of living in the light, instead of living in the light of of the love of God for each other. And it was having a profound impact on their relationship with God, on their purpose, on their calling, on their legacy, on their future. Jesus wants us to understand, listen, you have been set free. You have freedom in the name of Jesus. We can live lives that are free from sin. We don't have to be slaves to those things anymore. We can live lives that are marked by the power and the evidence of his light. You guys broke those light, those glow sticks, right? Man, look at them. They're shining bright, right? Woo! I can see. Well, we can't really see them, right? Gotta hold on a minute. Oh, wait a minute. I can see them now. I can see them now. Hold them up. Come on. Hold them up. I can see them now. They're they're glowing. They're, They're glowing. Now listen, let's go back to, let's go back, let's go back and look at verse 10. Listen, verse 10 says, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your lives will begin to grow in the darkness. Your lives will begin to grow in the darkness. Are you hearing me? Your lives will begin to grow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. Listen, church, I love that we're here together. And the Bible says not forsake the gathering of the church, the gathering of the brethren, but he's also called us to go. 
He's also called us to go. God has put a light inside of each and every one of us. And it it is our opportunity. It is an opportunity to shine his light and to show his love to those people around us. Sometimes we, we carry that as an obligation. We carry that as something heavy and burdensome, and it is. But listen, church, sometimes we got to look up. you got to focus on God. you got to focus on his spirit. you got to allow him to do what he wants to do in you. And it becomes an opportunity for us to be the hands and feet of God. There is no greater purpose. There is no greater opportunity. There is no greater moment than to be used by the hand of God in the moment that he needs you to be there. And so God is calling us to be Dallas Willard in his book, The Spirit of the Discipline, the Discipline, says this. Faith today is treated as something that should make us different. Not that it actually does or can make us different. In reality, we vainly struggle against the evils of this world, waiting to die and go to heaven. Somehow, we've gotten the idea that the existence of faith is entirely a mental and inward thing. We can't get this wrong anymore. Church, church we, we, we can't get this wrong anymore. We, we have to understand this. And the gospel literally means glad tidings or good news. Webster defines it as glad tidings, especially concerning salvation and the kingdom of God as announced to the world by Christ. Listen, the reason why the, the, the gospel is good news is because Jesus' death and resurrection. And now we can be reconciled to God. But the good news of Jesus is just is, is greater than that. It doesn't stop there. It's about us, God using us and through us, establishing his kingdom and his purpose on this earth right now. Through you, God wants to use you. Jesus describes the characteristics of the kingdom in Matthew 5. Go with me there. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven this kingdom that which Jesus spoke of is one in which the poor and the sick and the, the grieving and the hurting and the crippled and the slaves and the orphans and the lepers all these things those Jesus described them that these were lifted up and they were embraced by God Somehow we've taken these things to mean that they will never happen here on earth. This is something that we hope for once we get to heaven. Somehow that grand vision has been distilled. It's been diminished. It's been dimmed. But listen, this morning, Jesus' proclamation of the kingdom of heaven was a call. was a call that God wanted to do right now here on earth through us. It's what God wants to do right now through you. Jesus, in Luke, Luke, Luke records this moment where Jesus walks into the synagogue. And they gave him a scroll to read. And he opens the scroll. And he opens the scroll of Isaiah. And he says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and, re- and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. 
He closed the scroll. He gave it back to them. And when he sat down, every, all the eyes, the, the word of God says all the eyes were on him. And then he says, oh, by the way, today that scripture is fulfilled in your eyes. My, yeah, mic drop right there. Bob Goff said it this way. I want, I want you to hear this. Most of us spend our entire lives avoiding the people Jesus spent his whole life engaging. Can I read that again? Most of us spend our entire lives avoiding the people Jesus spent his whole life engaging. Jesus is laying down, he's laying out this great promise of God to those who receive the Messiah and his coming kingdom. In, in essence, this was the description of Jesus' mission statement that we read here in Luke. There's three elements that I want to pull out here as we close this morning. As, 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 we fin as I finish this up, look, the word of God says in Luke 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus was reading this out of Isaiah. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Church, God is calling us to proclaim the good news. And now this is, this is the one thing that we're probably most familiar with. Because we've all had this experience. Most of us, or some of us, have had this experience of salvation. Where we were in a, we were in a service like this. Or we were at a concert. Or we were somewhere. And we felt the, 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 the unction of the Holy Spirit pulling us. And we, we said, man, there's something that's missing in my heart. Something is missing in my life. The reality is we could be coming to church day after day. You could be coming 30, 40, 50 years. You've never really understood what God wants to do in your heart. You could be sitting here this morning. It's pretty tough, but that was me. That was me and my wife. And we were busy at church. Man, we were working. We were doing all these things. But after all that, after, after, after season after season after season of being in charge of this and being in charge of that and working this and being at church early every morning and working and doing this and doing all these things, we sat back and we said, man, there's got to be more, to, there's gotta be more than to, to Christ and this Christianity and this relationship. There's got to be more than just all this work. We faced a moment where we had, we had lost the vision we, we had lost the reality of the legacy that God was trying to give us, the, the, the vision that God had for our hearts, our lives, and it, became, it just became work. It became a ritual. It wasn't, it wasn't about seeking his righteousness anymore. It's just about filling a role and doing what God had called us, doing what we thought God had called us to do. We, we, we lowered our eyes. We lost the focus. You could be sitting here this morning. You could be asking yourself, there's got to be more to the church than just this. But what, I, but what I had to do is I had to look at my life. And I, I had to understand the only time I was really getting into Scripture was at church on Sunday. The only time I was, I was really talking to God was when I was worshiping Him. When I was here worshiping together. That was the only time that, that I really had a relationship with Him. That was the only moment because all the other days were just filled with the things that I had to do, with the things that I needed to get done. Busy, 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 even in worship, busy. So God is calling us to lift our eyes. And if, if you're feeling that this morning, God loves you, and God, God still has a plan for you,
God still has purpose for you. He's not angry at you. He's not upset at you. And matter of fact, he wants you to come home. He wants you to come back. And he won't even let you come all the way back. Like the story of the prodigal son, he's going to get up and he's going to run to you. He's going to wrap his arms around you. He's going to restore you. God has called us to proclaim the good news. But that's not the whole gospel. That's only the first element of Jesus' mission. Because in 4.18, as we continue to read, he says, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and recovery of sight to the blind. God is calling us to have compassion and healing for the sick and the sorrowful. You see, these references, these references indicate that the good, news, the good news includes not just a concern for our spiritual well-being, but our physical well-being as well. And we know that he just didn't preach this, that Jesus was a demonstrator of what the kingdom of God looked like on earth, of what he wanted, how he wanted to operate in him, through him. By healing the disease and the lame, by showing empathy for the poor, by feeding the hungry, and literally by restoring sight to the blind. And that's just the second element of the mission. We continue reading in Luke 4, 18 and 19, it says, it says to proclaim liberty to the captives and set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Lord, God wants us to see here, what I, what I think he wants us to see here is an uncompromising commitment to freedom. You can be free. You can be free. You can walk and you can operate. You can live in freedom. Every one of these descriptions are a reference to the mission that Jesus has. To set those who have been oppressed and victimized by our broken and unjust world to set those people free. Zach, come up here and help me finish. This was Jesus' mission. And this is the whole gospel. It's a foundation for a social revolution. It's, it challenges the status quo and literally has the power to change the world. If this was Jesus' mission, and then this is also the mission for all of those who claim to be in him, who claim to live in him, who claim him as their king, as their savior. It's my mission. It's your mission. It's the mission of the church, the capital C church around the world. It's our job. It's our job to step into those things. It's our job. Richard Stern, who's the president of the World Vision, he said it this way. We've shrunk Jesus to the size where he can save our soul, but now don't believe he can change the world. Listen, the kingdom of God, which Jesus came to preach and to demonstrate, it is intended to change and to challenge everything in our fallen world. <laughs> that, that, is, that is what the good news does. That is the challenge before us. That is the call before us. We, we, we say and we sing about being countercultural. But then we, we, we go right in, we fall in line with what the world is doing. Church, it's time for us to stand up. It's time for us to leave 
the legacy to lift our eyes and to see who God is calling us to be, the legacy that he wants to leave in us and through us, to be marked by him, to have his fingerprint and the image of him in everything that we do. Matthew 6, 9 says, Our Father in heaven, Jesus was speaking to the disciples. They they asked him, how do we pray, Lord? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. See, the kingdom of God is not meant to be a way of us a way of us to, to go to, a hope that we will, that we will arrive there some, someday. No, the kingdom of God is the life that he is calling us to live right now, right here, in this moment, in this lifetime. Matthew 9, speaking to his disciples, he says, look up, listen. He said, disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers, they're few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send more workers. I heard this, that like you, we all, we've all driven by a Home Depot or something. We see all those guys out there. They're workers. They're, they're just waiting. They're just waiting for something to do. You could, you could drive up. You could pick one up and say, hey, I need you to cut my grass. Cool. Hey, I need you to paint this. I cool. Hey, I need, I need you to, to help me pull these weeds. Oh, you got it. That's the worker. (laughs) You see that? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Can we be a church? Can we be a church that no matter what God asks of us, yes, sir, you got it, Lord. It doesn't matter what it is, Lord, I'm just, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for you to call me. Lord, I'm just, I'm just waiting for you to give me the orders. I'm just, I'm just waiting for you to, to let me know what it is that you need me to do because it doesn't matter what it is. God, I don't care what it is. All I, all I need you to do is tell me, ask me to do it, and I will respond. I will do it. The workers are few. Sometimes in life, in my youth, I would always think, God, what's your will? God, what do you want me to do? And God was like, man, just love people. Like, they're all around you. Like, there's people hurting right next to you. Won't you pray for them? Sometimes we make things so much harder than what they really are. 